I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. They want benign indifference. They want us drugging. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. Episode of the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining. Tonight, we have a fun interview here with my good friend, Random Randy, uh, from the Red Thread Podcast. And in typical Random Randy fashion, we go all over the place, especially in the 1800s, um, and hit on a lot of uh, old history. It's a really fun conversation. But before we get there, uh, I, I don't normally do this, but uh, I am heavily shadow banned right now on Instagram, um, which means none of the stuff that I'm putting out there is 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 getting any views, um, and that also impacts the podcast. So I ask you all uh, if you could take some time, like, uh, comment in the posts. Um, and that should get me hopefully eventually back into the algorithm. Uh, I was shadow banned apparently for false information regarding, uh, some memes I had posted, uh, jokes that were taken seriously by our wonderful fact checkers over here at Meta. So fuck them all. Uh, but in order to beat the game, I got to be in the game. So, uh, if you could... Go to Great Deception Podcast on Instagram, you know, check out the posts, share them, get them to more eyes. Uh, that way uh, I can get some more people on board and uh, we can get this information really cooking out there. Because what we're on right now, um, at least currently, is is a nice little 1800s run where we are uncovering new stuff every day and uh, it's really fascinating stuff. Now, as far as the podcast goes... I would also ask if you could uh, give us a review um, and uh, leave a comment if you can. I would greatly appreciate it. I uh, That's about all I, I, I'm asking for from you right now for all the content and work that I'm putting out there. And uh, I really, truly ap- appreciate all the feedback that I get from you all, whether it's DMs on uh, Instagram. Uh, I've gotten a few emails from folks. And guys, you know, I got into this thing just to hopefully have one or two people hear me and and the feedback you guys get and and it makes all the work worth it and so I thank you for that uh it it really does mean a lot to me uh from from the bottom of my heart and uh I never expected it honestly uh I really didn't think anybody would listen to me when I started this thing uh although other people said yeah you got some interesting stuff there 
but from my standpoint it's it's all uh it's all interesting to me but nobody around me but it's nice to know that there's others out there that uh enjoy it as much as I do and 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 like to think on some of this stuff now again remember I don't know anything I'm just telling you what I see what I've read what I've heard what I might believe but it's up to you to decide right and that's why we question everything including me question me please because I am I am not going to claim that I know very much to be honest uh, <laughs> especially these days but before we get to the show, um, I, I just one of the things I like to do also is share other podcasts that are doing a great job that I found interesting that I listen to because I think you will as well if you like my content uh, and are on the same wavelength as my twisted mind. But uh, I just want I want to spread the spread the information, guys. Everybody here is is a relatively you know small time podcast, and and the way we get around the censorship and stuff is sharing it and getting it out to as many years as possible. So, um, Jack over at Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence, guys, if you haven't seen Jack's show, I, I highly recommend it. He has some of the best content on there. It's uh, you know, a lot like my podcast when I do the deep dives, we're just digging through information and uncovering lies and deceit and what this, you know, his story is versus what really happened. And he just did a three-part series on Operation Gladio, which if some of you aren't aware, it's it's like a European high-level terrorism that was being run by the CIA um, and he did three parts on it and it, it's some great work. I really, really recommend going and checking that out. So, uh, if you could now, my friend Moral Bob over at the hidden in plain sight podcast just, uh, started his flat earth school series. Now guys, listen, I'm not a flat earther. I, I don't really even care about the shape of the earth. Uh, I'm fascinated by, uh, you know, possibility of a hollow earth or a gartha or you know the flat earth with extra territory those things interest me but as far as what the shape of the earth is it doesn't matter to me in the scheme of things i've got bigger fish to fry although i would like to know the truth eventually that would be nice but bob's doing this uh flat earth school and he had william ramsey on the first episode and it got heated and it was a fun podcast if you like that kind of stuff the second one he did with Deborah from uh, and Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled. A totally different vibe to the interview, but another really, really well done show. So I highly recommend going over and checking out Hidden in Plain Sight, his Flat Earth series, and his other work is, is, is good too. So shout out to my man Bob. Now, my buddy Ryan and uh, from Dangerous World and Ghost from my Third Eye podcast uh, did a little two-parter on the Pilgrim Society. And man, that was a fun, fun little series. Uh, my other friend, Odd Man, at, over at the Odd Man uh, Out podcast, he did a little Pilgrim series as well. And Ryan Ryan just took it a little, Ryan and Ghost took it a different route, did dig dug into some different areas and uh, I really enjoyed both of those so guys go check out the Pilgrim Society it's another one of those clubs that we will never be in but they have a big influence on what goes on and what's going on today 
last but not least, my man Emmanuel Kingman over at uh, Goodness Over Darkness. He just had me on his show last week. It was a, such a fun podcast. Him and um, uh, Mira are over there. Or Mimi, sorry, Mira. Mimi did a, uh, I had a great time with them both. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And he, right before uh, he, he interviewed me, he did with one of my favorite people in the game, Howdy McCoskey. So go check out over at Goodness Over Darkness, uh, Emmanuel Kingman's um, podcast. And I also, guys, go check out his website, EmmanuelKingman.com. He has an article up there that he posted last week. It's called WTF is the Tartarian or just go into Google and search WTF is a Tartarian. And uh, it's a great, uh, you know, six, seven page article that he wrote. And and some of his uh, ideas I hadn't heard before and, and really made me think about it a little bit differently, uh, which I love doing. I love being, having people change my mind and, and, and make me think about the other side of things and different opinions. Uh, and I will have him on the show um, later in the month so that we can talk about that article because I want him uh, – I want to have a discussion with him on it because it was such a well-done piece and a different perspective, which we need these days, guys. There's nothing worse than being in an echo chamber. Get out of the echo chamber. Go talk to people on the other side. That's the way we get out of this awful situation we're in where they just want to divide 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 we are more alike than we know even even the one there are some that are out there that we can't save all right and and that's just a matter of fact and there's some on our side we can't save that can't get out of their own way too so guys what i ask you to do use your eyes and use your gut go with what you see and what feels right and go from there, okay? And and I've uh, I've been on my pulpit long enough now, so here is the episode with Random Randy at Random Frax on Instagram and the Red Thread Podcast. Enjoy. And welcome to another episode of the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Uh, thanks for joining me. Tonight, we have a swap cast with my friend, Randy. He's going by Random Randy right now of the Red Thread Podcast. When I first met him or heard about him, it, he was Randy from Tartaria on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Randy, you've come a long way, my friend, and welcome aboard, and uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Matt. It's wonderful to be here. Um, you know, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, me being, you know, Randy the Random Tartarian, and that's uh, kind of where it all started. You know, when you start seeing this, like, onion that you're cutting into of history, you start seeing these layers that you just want to share it with people. 
you know, that definitely seems to be the contagious kind of side of, of this whole Tartaria thing, right? <laughs> I mean, people are coming out of the woodwork with super awesome pieces of information, different points of view, and like, uh, it just, it, it blew my mind, like that, and a, like an alien experience I had, if you want to call it that, one of those sightings, combined with some moments in meditation, uh, just kind of came to a head and I was like I got to shout at the you know off the rooftops about what I know and see if anybody out there listening you know <laughs> see and that's so that's Mark gave me part. that chance is anybody <laughs> listening you know is, is anyone <laughs> yeah. does anyone want to hear it because the mistake a lot of people in our shoes make is unsolicited ear beatings Right. And just going up to someone (laughs) and just dropping the hammer on them rather than, you know, the slow drip. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't go right to somebody with flat earth. uh, No. And then (laughs) then the next day try to talk hollow earth with them. And it's like just too much. Yeah. You can't change it up on people. Um, And if they're family, they're used to probably hearing your crazy rant. So they just dismiss it. Yes. You know, which is. I, that's why I was like, you know what? I, I agree with Mark here. And my family seems to think I'm crazy. Maybe this is exactly who I need to talk to. You know, this is where so. I belong, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no and it's, doubt, it's, dude. it's funny you say that because I heard you on there, man. And I love that episode because you, you got into a lot of what I'm into, which is the older world, right? Pre. And, yeah. And and- I was really rattling off about a lot of just small towns, like I mean, anywhere. And, and this is the thing that, that made it clear to me is that this was everywhere is that I've driven through the US. You know what I mean? I've, I've gone through down some of these back roads and seen these small towns. And I was born and raised in California for like 25 years. I was out there. So I saw a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. Like you go on a history field trip to San Juan Capistrano or whatever, like some of these missions, and they resemble ruins. You know, they, they look pretty worse for wear. I mean, I'm sure they've been through wars and, and everything else, you know, have been used as fort, uh, fortifications and stuff. But so to see that out there and then, you know, come back to the, the Midwest and see this stuff every, everywhere. I mean, every 30 miles, roughly, there's a small town along a railroad track somewhere, which is also, you know, fairly interesting when you look at how much iron is, <laughs> how much wood is in these tracks and everything else. Uh, coupled into like when you look at some of these fossilized grooves that lead off into the ocean and things like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure those were railroad tracks at one point. They just pulled the tracking out of and then acted all like, wow, you don't know how this is. It must be wagon wheels, you know? Yeah, but exactly. I, I, I'm getting off on tangents. That's just one thing I saw earlier today. I was watching, you know, I still do like to like uh, watch Discovery Channel or, you know, these different YouTube videos that pop up promising to tell you about a piece of history because uh you got to have that opposite perspective you know if i'm talking like you all day matt who's somebody that's like well versed in what it takes to build you know the great white city in uh, chicago or or any of that and uh you know it's just oh man so mind-blowing all of it and it all ties together and it's the red thread podcast because that's all i'm trying to do is make sense of all these little parts that are so mind-blowing in their own right uh and um it's just nuts man it boggles the mind i start thinking about tartaria and my mind just jumps all over the place ether energy like no bathrooms right (laughs) you know that's 
you know, like a mind blower in its own. Uh, what do you mean they didn't have bathrooms? Well, I don't know. I look at it a couple of ways. Well, and and the amazing part is, is there's the the possibilities are they're almost endless in the sense that we know something happened that could not happen today. And they had some sort of technology or some sort of ability that we do not possess today. And that's the mystery of it all. Now, whether this was a, you know, a, a, a peaceful people, whether this, you know, everybody was the same, we don't know. But what we see yeah, is yeah. much like what you said about every small town across America, we see remnants, we see architecture. We see evidence. You see the same thing all across the world with what we would label as, you know, Tartarian architecture, that old world architecture, which is kind of a combination of, you know, it has some, there's some Gothic style. There's some, uh, some of that Roman classical style. Uh, you get into the, um, a little bit of the Spanish, the, the Moorish influence in, in some of it as well. And that's the part. And you see that from Asia to South America, Australia, Europe, Russia, you, you know, America, it's everywhere. Yeah. There's the nowhere that you don't part. see it. Yeah. And I mean, it's even on like Catalina Island off the coast of California, you know, like why would there be a giant granite freaking casino right on the water <laughs> you know what i mean that's like not really talked about it's just known as the casino and nobody pays it any mind or gives like you know what i mean so there's kind of a weird disconnect when it comes to people and, and this period of time in history because it's like at school you're told about the 49ers told about the chinese building the railroad and like you're given all of these tall tales like pecos bill and you know babe the big blue ox and and he's a giant lumberjack right but uh the weird thing about that is when you look at the evidence that's there aside from like these buildings, like these, these flat top mesas that very much resemble a tree trunk. And you start thinking about these tall tales that were told going back. Um, so it like warrants a second look. So, I mean, having, having looked at all the architecture and, and seeing these coincidences, quote unquote, all around the world, uh, like in everybody's backyard, you know, you see people putting this stuff up uh, from their own areas. Like, you know, I put up pictures of houses with sunken windows and you're seeing it everywhere, just everywhere. And like the star forts thing, you're seeing that what 7,000 they're up to now in the world. Something like that is the count. It's ridiculous Yeah. to, to think that there was nothing before us. And, and it's just, it's so boggling that like, all right, people can comprehend there being dinosaurs, right? And I'm not saying there wasn't, there was some kind of giant lizard. Everything was bigger, you know, back then. I, I personally think that we are, you know, like in Gulliver's travels, how he gets ransacked by all those tiny people um, and they time down. And I mean, it's even in Disney, you know, there's a Disney version of Gulliver's travels where Mickey gets tied down by these little small people. And, you know, I really feel like this was the case. Like we are the little ants. We are the little, you know what I mean? Uh, sheeple, basically, that were under uh, under the thumb of these giants and things. And, and this is why they're trying so hard to hide the giants thing. But I feel like if they didn't, if they stopped hiding it and pointed out, listen, we're the ones that fucking took out the giants, which is why you have a civilization. So you better just fucking behave yourselves. 
I wonder if that wouldn't be a lot simpler than the shit they're putting everybody through right now and the confusion and stuff. So there must be well an, now an energetic when you talk, thing. Yeah, when you talk about the Giants, do you think there's Giants around today? I think if there are, they're just very well hidden. And that might be something to do with why we can't go to Antarctica, um, as well as other races, extraterrestrial, right? Yeah. Um, it mean just means extra territory and what is earth also known as Terra. So yep. you gotta, you gotta put all these little pieces together and just look at it from kind of a standoffish point of view, where you can hopefully see the different angles and kind of piece or parse one together of your own. Um, because like, I don't know, it's weird when, when it comes down to it, somebody's personal truth of what's going on has to resonate like both, in the external through other people, which is like kind of why I do what I do with my podcast so that I can find out what resonates and what's vibing with, you know, essentially all of these other versions of me living out in the world. That's a theory too. So without getting too far into that though, um, like going back to star forts, these really suggest that, especially when you look at like the, the pictures of the past, these, these renderings, these etchings of airships, and um, some of these photos that look like they're postcards uh, of freight loading on airships and things like this, um, you know, they, they've done such a fun, a fine job at convincing us everything is fiction that when we see this evidence come up, a lot of the time it's just disregarded. It's like, oh, that's just a postcard. You know what I mean? That's just, well, and it's uh, it's it's interesting about star forts because what are they also known as? They're known as batteries. Right. So you. Yeah. And, and one of the things you have to understand and, and one of the things that I've been very keen to in, lately, especially, is you have to pay attention to the words in the terms that they use because yes. they love word magic. They love the double meaning, the inversion of whether it's a symbol, spells. a That's word. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So you you can't just, you, there's a reason why they called it a battery. And it wasn't just because it was a defensive position. And and that's what we're trying to unlock is that the key, right? We have the yeah. key in us. We just have to realize how to unlock the door. And that's where I we're think at. the alchemy right was, was very different uh, back before this last cataclysm. Um, you know, we see the evidence of petrification a lot everywhere. Um, like steel embedded in stone keeps coming up, um, you know, which suggests that the stone itself was in a liquid state, melted rock, yeah, steel, and was either melted or some form of like electrolysis happened, which is why you see these pictures of like in these cave systems, and there's like these weird spires in the middle, but there's been side by side um, like renderings of some of this old antiquitech standing next to one of these spires and the outward shape or appearance is generally the same. So if we were allowed to go into these caves and, you know, break some of these, these spire shaped structures down or, or out of the ground, would we find precious metals within them or the remnants of old technology? You know, we don't know because we're not allowed. Yeah. I was going to ask you to explore. Do you think some of these caves are just hallways to old buildings? Yes. And I think some of them are the old buildings, but they're just underground. And you got to think about if they were really conducting this ether energy, drawing it down and were very effective at pretty much powering the world 
and sharing information around the world. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that information was shared through water back before this cataclysm. Um, and that's why all of the cisterns beneath what we all know now is like a lot of temples, um, a lot of places, especially like in Europe, it's generally along a certain certain path line, pathway, energetic pathway around the world. Well, it's the ultimate and, conductor, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And well, it's it's the it's kind of the opposite of a conductor. Um, well, no, it's a conductor, but it's also diamagnetic. Is that the term where it repels uh, magnetics? So it, it creates also like a foundation, a grounding plane for this energy to flow into. You know what I mean? Like we have the ground outlet and it has that third prong to ground it. The water was the third prong for the world. You know, it grounded the world. It grounded this ether energy that was flowing through everything so that so all the shit wouldn't short out effectively. You know, um, if you have a, a consistent um, circuit and a circuit, you know, is just a link that closes a, a loop, an electronic loop. So you had this circuit basically, and these were known as the rainbow serpent and um, and the golden serpent, the golden dragon, the rainbow dragon. You know, these were the energetic ley lines of the of the world or the kundalini of the world. And these were all networked with water. This is prior to the flood or whatever happened. Um, maybe even, who knows, maybe they had some of this still functioning after the flood. You know, once they drained a lot of these places out, but then these powers that we have came to be now several hundred years ago maybe and just started laying waste to everything i mean that's that's what the evidence is suggesting uh, is there was just a massive uprising and destruction um but at the same time we're also hearing stories about these battles against giants and that's both in like european mythology um a lot of giants in england you know there's a lot of a lot of references to giants uh fee fi fo fum you know a lot of giants um, in the bible that too and and so there's evidence of these giants all over the world and what that suggests is these giants were the true keepers of this technology both in the past and probably prior to the flood or you know the first cataclysm um and they were still here in, in some form of reduced form because they were no longer 30 feet tall uh you know more recently they were 10 12 feet sometimes 15 feet tall from what i understand so, you know, they were half pints, <laughs> they were half size yeah. giants than they would have been before the flood when they would have been called the Nephilim or the watchers. And I mean, if you're standing there and you look up and you literally have to look up towards the sun to get somebody, you know, to see somebody uh, face to face, you know, you're, you're looking up at this giant. Tell me you wouldn't call that person a watcher because they're always lording over you, yep. watching over you. And this is where the term Lord comes from, you know, uh, his his highness, your highness. You know what I mean? Think about all of these things. These were literal terms back in the day when we were under subjugation of these giants, you know, and these were the ones with the original knowledge. This is why they built these cities uh, with electric, you know, properties and stuff. Uh, because if you think about the fractal nature of things and you look at the size of our computers and you think about a, a giant person using these places, to possibly compute information or send information to each other um, because it seems like perhaps these giants were the ones that resided in the highest place of it all, kind of at the top of the Tower of Babylon, if you will. And a lot of these star forts seem to be built up uh, in a shape like a mound or, or a spire. Um, 
and then that th- that ties into like Lord of the Rings, Ministereth, and these these um, recent renderings of these ancient places. Um, and I, I think it's because the only way that we can communicate these things to each other without getting them burned and stomped out is through fiction. You know, yeah. this is the only well, effective way. And, and and that's the thing, though. I, a lot of history over time is told through story, right? I mean, that's the way that that it's passed on is that oral tradition. And now what we've been skewed to believe is that these myths are fantasy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, yeah, exactly. that's the, the, the psychological operation that we've been put under that indoctrination that we've been put under, because you, you talk to a, a child that's under five that hasn't really been in the, in the quote unquote system yet. And, and their imagination is wild. Now you go Absolutely. talk to that same kid at 10 they're a little bit less creative. Then you talk to them at 15 and man, that system has all but beaten them down and filled them with the narrative and, and, and socially conditioned and the negativity. Them. Yeah. Just the, the outright negativity that the whole system and structure is built to bring. Um, I, all of it is genius. You know, it absolutely is genius, but I, I wonder if this like control system wasn't adopted somehow from these giants you know, because to a certain extent, if there were giants in the world and they were the lords of everything, they could impose their doom on people at any time, really. Maybe they did. Who knows? Right. But, <laughs> you know, they're well, bigger or they're, they're harder or, to take down or they're they're not that powerful, you know, right. They're not the ultimate power. They just use this mind control like our yes. controllers. They, they and and somebody these people caught on. <laughs> yeah you know they caught on to this giant's mind control oh there's only a hundred of them in the world you know or or whatever the situation was so you know they go and stoke the fires and they give the indians in america weapons to go and defeat these you know because you see a lot of uh evidence through the the native american tribes that giants were a real thing and they had a real war with them you know prior to the 1800s probably well, you look in the all the burial mounds across across America and 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 many of them are filled with giant bones yes yes absolutely um in fact i would dare say most of them probably yeah, at least and, the ones the ones that are like in ohio and and in these these areas that are now just rolling plains you know i think this is all deposit like silt deposit from after the last major you know meltdown or whatever you well, want to they, call it randy they go all, all the way out to san francisco you know when they were when they were building the world fair out there they were plowing out burial mounds you know i mean huh. they were they, and and, and so maybe and, these were the remnants uh that lived in these cities prior you know what i mean and and were residing around these places and then warring with the indians or the whites as they came back in to try to take all of the shit back from the rightful owners or the giants because well, the and that, architecture that, is massive. Yeah, and that you, could be where you get a lot of this, uh, you know, claim of of founded where they founded buildings, you know, where they were found dead, and 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 that could be after that giant war, right? I mean, after the giants were defeated, there was pro, you know, probably some sort like, like we've talked about some sort of cataclysm um, that that took place, which would have severely reduced yeah. or impeded on the population, and and would have left you know, not only the sediment that we see in the mud floods, but it would have left these buildings empty to be, you know, and, and that's where you, the, the Freemasons come in, right? They, they, 
they aren't really builders. The Indians were scared. The Indians were scared of these cities. They didn't go there. It was these were like sacred, haunted places to them. And and I think it's because you know somewhere in the like genetic memory, they remembered and understood that they used to be slaves in that system over in that city over there. You know, before this cataclysm, I'm sure people were used just as labor, just as people always are used, right? For yeah. our our energies, our capabilities, our creativity. We're just um, <laughs> manufacturing plants for things. That's how how these these people in you know top echelon want to look at at humanity. This is just the mechanism for creating in this realm. You know, perhaps in the past the giants were also another mechanism, and maybe you had other different types of things going on back when the ether was was thick you know um or there's there's a thought that i was having that you know how there's a lot of suggestion like in uh, the time machine um this new movie coming out moonfall right so there's this idea that is every now and again brought back up of the moon being destroyed so you know i wonder if the moon maybe wasn't destroyed very recently and the world was 1800-esque like just like in the the time machine, just like in the movie, you remember how it was like new. It was like uh, modern technologies, but the style of it was all 1800s. So I really do wonder if perhaps there wasn't something different, maybe up there or some water up there. This is another thing I've heard tossed around: is that this mud and this water that now and you know is down here was up, you know, either around the moon or they somehow knocked the hole in the firmament and all of this flowed in but um well that's interesting or shook it up like a snow globe yeah (laughs) oh okay yeah like i you know and i wonder like because when you think of micro macro and if you pan far enough back out dude we're just a flake of sand you know what i mean maybe a tiny puddle on a flake of sand to a larger more ethereal being you know well it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things my entire life, I've been fascinated by anthills. And because I always look at that, and I always imagine, okay, if if I'm my perspective to the anthill is, is I view the ant as that when what is the when am I the ant? You know, who am I the ant to? (laughs) And in my whole life, I've always looked at that anthill. And you know, whether you're a kid, and you take a little cup of water, and you 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 watch it flood it. Right. And I'm like, (laughs) who's the guy that just looks down on us and decides, okay, today's the day they're going for a swim. And right. And And, pours that cup of water on time's going to work differently for that larger, you know, being right. So what, what he sees as an instant could be a thousand years for us. Yeah. So we got, you know what I mean? We got a period of time with no cataclysm. Maybe we're just living in the carpet of a super giant, you know, like in a puddle on a piece of gum, like I, you know, it, maybe it's really like a uh, bug's life, you know, or, and, uh, or uh, Horton hears a who, right? You're just, a yes, track. that's probably the closest suggestion I would, I would say. Um, there's a weird thing, like a kind of synchronistic thing that happened today when I was talking to uh, Navier um, from a wandering witch podcast and she's an Akashic reader and, and all kinds of other crazy, interesting stuff that, you know, I probably never thought possible back, you know, when I was younger and, and less willing to expand my mind and wonder about things. But um, uh, we were talking about this, the theory, there's like a, a theory, a bathtub theory on the universe, if you will, that there's just bubbles, bubbles on bubbles everywhere. And all of these bubbles are consciousness 
within themselves, but they're also realms within themselves. And I just, I had a moment some time ago meditating where I kind of reached out to the universe, wanted to know the nature of the universe of, you know what I mean? If you can sum it up in some kind of a way comprehensible to me, you know, I would like to have that information. And what I got back was, it's like a soap bubble. And that stuck with me. And then a couple of years later, I was listening to Joe Rogan and uh, he had uh, Bigelow, Robert Bigelow on. And he was going, oh, no, there's another theory for the universe that's going to start making ground. And he was talking about electric universe theory. And he goes, oh, that and the nature of our existence, you know, like what this realm really is. And Joe Rogan says, well, what is it? And he said, well, just think bubbles on bubbles. And my mind just popped. You know what I mean? That was the ca- that was like the catalyst for everything in my life right now. Was that that's moment. where you like, go? I was I was dying laughing. Like I was like I had to step outside of work and finish laughing and go. Okay, I need to reassess my life. You yeah. know, because apparently this this intuition is a real thing and a real power that we all have. Uh, if I can do it, even if it's just that that brief kind of uh, influence of image or feeling. And it's not like it's said in words, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just a suggestion in my mind's eye that I sum up to that, so, like a soap bubble, you know? Yep. No, <laughs> and, and it's it's fascinating because you think of how simple it is, right? You think of how simple the concept and you, you go back to Occam's razor, right? We have all yeah. of these elaborate discussions back and forth and What's probably going to end up being the answer in the end is the simplest solution. Well, and the crazy thing to me about the the bubble scenario is that, all right, if you have, if you're blowing a bubble, you know, you'll get the bubble to a certain point and then it'll pop or, you know, it's always, if you look at the soap in the bubble, it's always expanding away from itself. Yeah. Kind of like we see in the universe, supposedly through astronomies, we see this expansion but it's also like dark matter, like there's something holding it all together. And if you think about like a bubble, you know, there's always that that clear membrane holding everything together. And if you were to like sprinkle something on the bubble, it might float there. You know what I mean? On this bubble. So perhaps we're just a little floating thing on a bubble or maybe we're in it or maybe there's stacked like Russian dolls, like we were saying earlier. Um, I think it's combination of like inverted Russian dolls and and uh, looks kind of like the Agartha yep. uh, scenario. You know, you have the inner bubble, you have the outer bubble. And who's to say there's not smaller within, say, the, the inner sun, there's not a smaller compound, a more deep down the fractal wormhole, if you will, uh, which could be considered a black hole, could be considered, you know, the source of this star's power, but it's also its own fractal universe within that particular thing. So, if we dive in further and further, we're just going to keep going further and further. This is why they keep finding more particles. They keep finding more of this, more of that. There's never, it never ends. You know what I mean? They're never going to find the God particle because we are the God particle, <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, and CERN is going to try, right? And we know yeah, that knows they're going to do everything in their power to try and disrupt. And that gets back to, you know, the old world versus now. Everything it seems like we do, or not necessarily us, because we don't really have that influence, but everything the higher ups do, you know, the NASA's, the CERN's, the um, military industrial complex, everything that they're doing is to destroy, to kill, 
Whereas we look at what you yeah know, to disrupt and, and exactly to, even to, um, even down to I had this weird I, I was driving home the other day uh, in, in the morning and all of a sudden it just popped in my head I started thinking about the word block and I'm like yeah I saw like, that I'm like city <laughs> blocks I'm like everything is laid out in a grid block pattern and and that block is not very uh, good for transmission whereas you look at the old world and it was very circular and very sacred geometric shapes and now everything is just you know from the brutal architecture to this square 90 degree layout of everything it's the opposite of what humanity needs you know and 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 it's intentionally done and it gets down to that level and you know obviously we are much deeper than the normal person we are a lot more open than the normal person we've been down dark paths that the normal person hasn't been down but the thing is is that once you start to see it you see it everywhere and 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 the narrative really starts to unravel and and you start seeing it in every aspect of your life regardless (laughs) yeah yeah it, it it all kind of started out um you know First with just the, the basic architecture, all the small towns. Then I was like, well, I, I need to just chill out and and not think about it. So I'd throw on some anime, <laughs> you know, and it, it's everywhere, everywhere. And, and these are renditions of this type of structure and infrastructure before it was all blown to hell. You know, there are some yep. animes where it's in ruin, you know, it's like a medieval time or whatever, and it's in half ruins. But there are other animes that take you further back into the fantasy um back in the more magical times right and all of these structures are are full-on like they look like mountains a lot of yeah. these habitats they're yeah. like small habitats within themselves well you know the lord I mean? of the rings star yes, forts right the, yes exactly a hundred percent exactly and Just, lord of the rings i'm really digging into um i'm gonna get with uh with nico from upstate unconventional and we're gonna break down those movies to the best of our ability um, but I've I've seen more and more suggestion to this reality than I ever anticipated before well, I got into this whole thing. Yeah, and, and you start looking at uh, a lot of '80s movies, you will notice oh, yeah. the ar- the architecture that's in those is is a lot of the old world stuff. I mean, I'm finding more of the movies that I well, watched like Ben Hur, like you know yeah. Ben Hur, and all of this, and a lot of this backlot stuff that Warner Brothers and them have in the Hollywood Hills is old pieces of infrastructure that they've relocated and specifically for movies a lot of the time. Um, and on the other side of that, like y- you've got this, this underground and, and this is, this is where like the old world ties to the new world in a very kind of scary way. You know, you have these hundreds of thousands of children going missing every year, um, you know, and, uh, and I'm just bringing this up because it's on my mind and I've been wanting to talk about it because I think it's very important for people to understand that there's more beneath our feet than we are allowed to understand than we are allowed to see. Um, I went to the local courthouse and there's an elevator that has, you know, a button to go down, but it's locked out. You can't go down there. So, I mean, and I've asked, I asked people in there if they have ever been down there and nobody could say that they had. So I'm like, all right, so there's hidden subfloor just in the local courthouse. Well, a lot of these places will say, you know, fallout shelter in the Midwest. There's a lot of that, that signage up still. So, I mean, you uh, go to New York, look in New York City, New York City, they say there's just as much 
uh, underground as there is above ground. Yeah, and, it's it's literally as as above, so below. Yeah, but you and, have to think that some of it's buried, so the as above, so below will go down even further. We're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. There's there's a reason for all the pointing out of these phrases and these key terms and all this shit throughout time, like the tip of the iceberg, right? That can apply literally not just to an iceberg that sank the Titanic, but to the story of the Titanic, but also to all of the stuff we're seeing just barely being unearthed now. Because if you have a a liquefaction of the planet happening and you have these structures that are embedded into the bedrock, right? Um, Will that not sink? You know what I mean? Compared to the other perhaps sedimentary areas. And you got to think that this this infrastructure was massive. Look at the Giza Plateau, right? Well, finally, well, before, before you go there, Randy, think about the Leaning Tower of Pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. It makes me <laughs> laugh that are, they're like, yeah, this the foundation. Sunk. Oh, they built it like they built. Yeah, like that. get the. I mean, <laughs> they built on, it like man. that. Look, they had to start building it back this way. Okay, <laughs> like how brain dead do you have to be to be able to believe that story that that the a they could build something like that on that angle and or or that yeah it just sunk it was built i think uh, i think it's just the tip i think that there's yes. more underground but yes oh, yeah. it is sunk and leaned over but mm-hmm. there's got to be at least the whole other length below ground and then like you know below the white house we know there's white house tunnels we know that there's the Shanghai tunnels in portland we know so we know that these things exist but people just don't pay attention and well, they wonder, like, how are all these kids disappearing? Dude, all it takes is for somebody to go down a couple flights of stairs with your kid, and they're gone, dude. They're in that that network down there. And, and most uh, people don't realize you can go from coast to coast basically underground. Yes, in, there's you know, a on literal highways. underground there's, there's trucking there's a, routes. There's an underground railroad. Supposedly, there's a bullet train that goes all, all around the U.S., and, well, and there are remnant. confirmed trucking routes that go under. You go into this. I think it's a mountain in either Virginia, West Virginia area. And you can, you know, obviously there's points you can come out, but you can go all the way out to California or at least out to Nevada. That's amazing, dude. You know, the, the Los Angeles River always screamed what the fuck's going on here to me, um, because, you know, some of these bridges going over that L.A. River are old. They're very old. Oh, yeah. Um, you can tell with the stone on them. You can tell by how they're built um the style with which in in which they were built um there's a lot of that stuff in california that really screams uh hey hey you know being an old california or ex-californian what do you think about the whole theory of california being an island at one time i think it was an island and that inland uh that inland empire uh where you know the valley where they grow all the crops and shit now uh the only reason that's so productive and fertile is because you know, it was all sediment. It was all silt. That was that, the that river. came in there. Yeah, that came in there. And no, it, it was it was a channel. There was there was like California was kind of its its extensive peninsula almost. I, I don't know if it would have connected completely up in the north or not, but there are is evidence to suggest it was an island in its own, and that this is where the Queen Califia resided, and she was a giant Amazon woman. Like that's where this concept of Amazonians and, you know, like, like in Wonder Woman or, or was it Wonder Woman? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so that whole concept. So all of these fantasy concepts come from like a, a and maybe it's a small one, but a basis in truth. Yeah. Uh, which is the only reason why people can maintain like an excitement level about it or maintain like feeling stoked about going to see these, 
movies, especially things like Lord of the Rings and J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, if you were to talk to him and suggest that his his series or his writings were just a story, he would have told you no. They are they are you know transcri- transcriptions or uh, downloads or reports of actual past happenings. Well, that's all um, Marvel is in DC Comics, right? They're just they're just myth and 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 uh, historical stories. Right, right. A lot of exactly. Norse mythology in there. You know, there, there's mythology throughout the, you know. And it's, part. yeah, it's just cast in a different setting. That's all it is. It's it's just, uh, we see these things echoed through time. And, and you know, there's a reason for that. Um, especially if you consider that perhaps people, let's just say for sake of argument, and a lot of, a lot of people don't agree with this, but say you are reincarnated time and time again you would have memories of your past lives, which you would be able to pull inspiration from, which is why a lot of these artists, uh, especially I think these um, people that get into anime and this sort of thing, doing these renditions of these fantasy realms, they're able to pull this information through themselves so seamlessly because they've probably already been there. They've probably lived it, whether it's this timeline or another timeline, you know, the whole time thing, time's just perspective for us. That's all it is. It's just the... Without time, we wouldn't have the ability to associate everything that we're experiencing right now, you know? So that's the necessary evil of time. Yes, it's been commandeered against us, and the clock is just, you know, the whip that gets cracked and rings, <laughs> you know, on you, and that's all that is, but... Um, well, it's yeah, conditioning, so- right? That's why they they got us. We hear a bell, or if your microwave goes off, right? Your alarm clock, you are conditioned to react to that sound. And, and that's, that's, you know, and that's, that's where I, I, man. <laughs> I, I try and start with people, right? The people that are really, really blue pilled like that, you know, you never think will come out, you know, don't start with like JFK or the moon landing, start them with that. You know, something as simple as the indoctrination system that you're in, where you've been trained to hear a bell and you are instantly uh, panicked or like, yeah, you you have that, that, that particular, that particular outcome is what they drive you toward, whether it's through school and it's, it's all through school. Yep. This is, this is the start of all of this downfall of humanity was that Prussian school system being. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I've been bat my, my son's Ben, I told him to start a petition. He's he's uh, he's eight and he wants to go to a three day school week. He goes, three days is plenty of school for us. He goes, we should go to go three days, have four days off and then go back for three more days. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I think that's a beautiful idea. I said, you're not going to sell it to these people because they need (laughs) to keep you in there. But I said, hey, go for it. I'm like, do it on. That's the thing, man. These children are our future. (laughs) It sounds funny and punny, but it's so true. Um, You know, and that's that's the thing, you know, being being a parent, it's tough because, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, it's easy. You can homeschool if you want. You could homeschool if you could. Yeah, if I could, I totally would. Yeah, I feel you on that struggle, man. You know, and and, I so don't want my kid as indoctrinated as I was. No, (laughs) you know what I mean. And and I and when you see it happening, plus you know nowadays they've got the whole androgyny stigma thing going on, and the whole like um, inter whatever relationships. I'm like, you're fucking ten, dude. You don't even 
dude, just everybody's a friend. Everyone yep. should ever only be a friend. This is the only thing you should be able to say to someone is either your friend and you shouldn't have enemies. So you well, should just have friends. And, you and know? that's that's the perk of where, you know, where, where we are and where my son goes to school. It's, it has that same feel as when we went to school for the most part, you know, they're not into the, the whole, you know, sex ed in, in elementary school and everything like that. They're very protective of the kids in that sense, but well, and, and with the schools doing their curriculum, that's fine. But these kids are spreading this, this uh, information amongst themselves. That's what I was going like, to say. Things it's like TikTok. It's in the programming. And... It's in the television shows. It's in yeah. the music that they're listening to. It's in every the show has a lesbian couple now. Yeah, like every show. I was watching Snowpiercer, uh, and that's an awesome story when you think about the the fall of the old world, right? What if there was this train or some form of an arc, basically, that that's kept it. going yeah. on? And, and and I definitely think that that has probably happened more than once. Uh, but I but just, you got to think really about wonder... it, right? Think there's there had to have been a flood, there had to have been a a, a cooling, there had to have been a heating. Right. And then there had to be a, a little bit of everything in between. I mean, if yeah. everything has already happened that we can think of, so be it. Yeah. And I, I think that that's that's really the case. And it just it keeps fractalizing. So now now you've got society kind of fractalizing into this digital 2D realm. So I, I think that we are kind of in this Midgard, Middle Earth type space. Um, and perhaps it's different in Agartha, you know what I mean? Perhaps they still have these giant and breatharian creatures in there because perhaps there's a better connection, you know, to the ether in there um, than there is out here. Maybe I'm not a hundred percent on that, um, but I'm not a hundred percent on what exactly inner earth implies. Like, is it, is it a, uh, a vortex or like some form of an energetic gateway that you have to pass through, like, you know, in the North pole or the South yeah, pole, you have the two poles. So it's, possible, and, and because right? apparently the gravity flips, which suggests gravity doesn't even exist. It's not a thing. It's just electrical polarity. That's keeping us, you know, anchored to the ground or well, did you see Godzilla just... versus Kong. Yeah. Where they, yeah, they made that reference to it. And it's like, I, I mean, that was mind blowing. You see upside down mountains and, it's there's no nothing it's just everything. yeah and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like throwback to that that sort of happening i mean all the way far back is jules verne you know um yep. and the, these are the same groupings of people these scholars these writers that wrote things like the time machine war of the worlds and i really feel like in my heart of hearts that all of this stuff has happened um you know the robot uprising of the past has happened um maybe we're just in a place now where AI has moved far enough along that it's not just going to wipe us out. It's going to modify us instead, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. that's cool or whatever, but uh, you know, I I'm really trying to lean more towards uh, being able to find happiness in myself uh, with all this chaos going on, like all the craziness, all the, you know, people setting off Bluetooth signals, all of this stuff. And I, I just kind of wonder if like, what if we're running on like an analog technology that's somehow embedded in us that, that they just, uh, they don't any longer have access to link up to all of us. Like maybe, you know, there's this idea of a, of a shared connection with God in the past, right? Like, and, and maybe it was, you know, during this time when the water held all the, the information and people were in tune with, 
with the water. They would drink water and, and receive this information or insight or whatever. And now we're in a, in a position where these powers that be have corrupted that system to such an extent, maybe for a good reason. I, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's just an energetic thing where it was like, all right, you got too much of a good thing. There's no more duality in the world. We got to shake up the Etch-A-Sketch. Well, you but know what isn't, I mean? isn't that also the role of Satan, right? Or, or El Satan uh, that is, is to do the opposite the of disruption. God. Yeah. Or, or th- to there's... try to, cause when you said that and, and you said, you know, all I can see nowadays is everything that they do is they are trying to disconnect you from the creator and, yes. and they are so trying to disconnect you with their creator, which is AI. And it's really interesting because you start looking at, um, I mean, you can go back as, you know, as far as 2001 and, and, and well before that as well. But in 2001, you, you start seeing NASA start putting out this information, talking about, you know, AI being the way of the future and how do we get humans connected to AI? And it's all about that uh, artificial human. They, wanna, they want to be able to control you. They want to be able to limit and, and, and not necessarily, they, they just want to know what you're going to do ahead of time. Right. Well, they, they, I think it's just that they aren't they aren't directly the creators of the system that we're in right now. Um, maybe we're just in the remnant of an old system. Uh, and We just happened to be, you know, and there was a lot of chaos and stuff that happened after this flood or whatever. But apparently there was a way different world, you know, anti-Diluvian. Um, and there were there were three Adrias that they that they uh, tell you about. One was like 16,000 BC, one was like 13,000 BC, and one was like 10,000 BC. So these are these three major, you know, catastrophes that they admit. Um, but that, that pattern is like every 2,500 years or so, you've got something. And then in, in like the Mayan calendar, what is it? Every 24, 12 yep. years or something is a cycle. So you have this recurring thing. And I think that this is why like the, the bastardization of timekeeping, uh, the Sclagarian calendar, versus the you know copernican or whatever all these guys had different calendars and who knows how many times that's happened right but uh this ad uh, anno domini calendar that we're on now which in my opinion um i think in the past before the last cataclysm you had anno domini uh christo or something uh, or anatomy uh, yeshua or jesus christ uh it was the 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 years were marked with a j you know, you see this on two and things, a lower an case I, I right? or so a J. And if you look at like the uh, Roman symbol above uh, Jesus' head when he gets crucified, it's I N R I, right? Um, so yeah, it, so maybe these were two different time periods. I don't know, but uh, basically, perhaps you you know we had this this time of of Iesus. There you go. That's what they would call him, Iesus or Iesa, and um, this it's thought that this particular culture was that golden age of Christ that you hear about that. Thousand but they didn't, years. they didn't start the AC or uh, AD and BC until like 400 until, right? well, supposedly like three or 400 years ago or whatever they started that was, it wasn't very long ago by the scheme of things. Um, 
or no, it was 300 B eight. It was like third or fourth century. Yeah. AD. Yeah. 300. Yeah. yeah. See, and they, they purposely built it to be confusing because you have AD goes back so far. Then you flip over to BC and then you talk about 12th century, 13th century. So it's all confusing as hell on purpose, <laughs> you know, and um, Fiamenko does a good job of breaking this all down. Um, I think that the thing that they're trying to hide by, adding this thousand years if they did or whatever, or telling us it's a different time period. Cause I think that that thousand year reign uh, of good, basically, you know, of peace on, on this planet had to have happened to build all of the infrastructure that we see, you know what I mean? And to, to see all of this and these suggestions to airships and steampunk, which is another thing. I think that this stuff was a hundred percent real. And a lot of these pipelines and these connecting waterways, that we see underground sewers and things like that. Perhaps in the past, these were, you know, steam transport systems. Like you see in New York, you always see steam kind of radiating up from under the street, you know, in the winter and stuff like that. And I always kind of wondered about that. Like what the hell's going on here? How do they have the infrastructure to keep all of their pipes from freezing? You know, cause they have steam pipes running next to all their water pipes and all that other shit. So who the hell put all this shit down there? You know what I mean? And where did all the metal and all this material come from? Uh, because you don't really see them ripping up a massive section of New York Street to get underneath and fix it. So that that infers that there are entryways to get under there, you know, to, to do all of this work and all this stuff. And it's below everybody's feet, you know, and it just screams steampunk Freddy Krueger kind of place <laughs> to me, you know, and well, maybe you, this yeah, last con on- for good. You hit on two things right there. One is the steampunk. And that's another thing that you see throughout 80s movies, right? These same movies that have all these old architecture and stuff. They have a lot of steampunk. You'll see airships. You'll see all the, you know, I mean, even go a a bit of a stretch as you go to Back to the Future, right? With the DeLorean, this time traveling vehicle. I mean, it's it's a yeah, all of these concepts. It's yeah. yeah, and these concepts all came about as we know them, right, right in the mid to late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. You yep. know, Jules Verne, H.G. Uh, Wells, all this stuff was coming out right at the same time, and it was still it was right around the time period that you had the the foundings of things like the Smithsonian and um, the Geological Survey and all of these other things, right and in the Smithsonian's Contributions to Knowledge book, which um, the version I had, I think, was written in or uh, republished in 1985, but it was originally like 1916, something like that was when this thing came out. And uh, they basically tell you in the foreword, in the preface, what the purpose of the Smithsonian is, and it's um, to acquire, they put it as this, put acquire <laughs> information right and disseminate that information into the public using things like museums institutions and so on and so forth and so this smithsonian institute was essentially made or manufactured right after you had this prussian school system come in so now you've got this other entity out here to create the information with which to indoctrinate everybody in the prussian school system uh you know, so that was the whole function of the Smithsonian. And they're not timid about saying that stuff. And when you read through their descriptions on things like the mounds, antiquities in America, they are actively uh, talking down about the complexity of these structures, 
um, well, making what, them seem what... more and more Stone Age than they really are. Uh, yeah. We all know that they're not. You know, we we see these uh, this especially like the Serpent Mound. Um, you know, I think these mounds were made after the fact on top of an energetic spot that was already aligned. So they had, you know, kind of a point of reference from before they were used as burying grounds for giants. But I believe beneath these mounds is where the real story is, you know, um, and, and that's just everywhere. I think that around the world, you have at least 30 feet of sediment on top of what used to be relatively close to ground level in the past. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe we're looking at more like 100 to 200 feet of silt on top of everything, which kind of calls into play maybe the moon really was a physical thing at one point and you know was built like the earth is uh land and water you know and that's what came down and buried everything you know and and short-circuited everything out and so then you have this if you dump a bunch of water on top of an electric circuit you're gonna have a problem so maybe that happened shorted everything out melted everything just changed the frequency and the vibration of the whole planet sunk everything petrified everything and then that was it and then somehow indians like the hopi or like in the box saga they go underground for ten thousand years um so these different suggestions of humans were underground which is why a lot of us turn white you know we're the ones that came out last maybe the indians came out prior previous so that's why they're a little darker so on and so forth um and and so it's just it's mind-blowing to to think about like what is the reason for for this sci-fi film moonfall <laughs> you know yeah. is this another throwback like the time machine was where you get into the pat into the future and the moon is destroyed and the people underground are super aggressive but the people above ground aren't right and then you have these people come up from underground these english <laughs> these lizard people come up from underground and just okay. fucking wreak havoc the royals yeah, the just think about it. <laughs> who's who's going underground? It's not you or I, right? It's we don't have the people. ability yeah. to get down there. It's going to be the elites. It's going to be the royal bloodlines. It's going to be all you know the the wealthy. So, and that would make perfect sense because that's you know especially when you get into the to the royal bloodlines, that's who when you start looking at it is is really the questionable. Yeah, know, this line people. of the dragon, this line of the dragon. Yes. Yeah, exactly. These are these are, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, at some level, you know, up in this echelon are the keepers of the hidden knowledge. That's just, you know, that's just how it is. Uh, whether you want to call it the Vatican or, you know, the Pilgrim Society or whatever, at a certain, you know, point up on that that ladder is the people that really know what the fuck happened and have decided we have to make these people understand or believe that everything's fake in order to push our agenda any further, because we've already pushed our agenda this way, this way, and this way in the past, you know, we, we had steampunk, you know, technology creating agenda and they, by all rights, they must've had that in order for us to have these machines. It just doesn't make sense for things like uh, super micro quantum computers and shit like that just to pop up out of nowhere in a hundred years like out of nowhere like supposedly the stone age was what or the dark ages was like 300 years ago 400 years ago where where people were dying and it was dark and sooty you know what i mean and like the industrial revolution had hardly begun and it just makes no sense for us to miniaturize all of these concepts 
I think these concepts were alive and were larger, but we were a living part of this energetic system, maybe maintaining this giant circuit board earth. Maybe that was our job in the past, you know, cause we're small by, by comparison to some of these bigger entities, right? What would you do if you had a super small thing you needed fixed constantly and uh, you know, and you didn't want to have to reach your giant God hand in there, unscrew something and fix it. You would just send your nano people in there. Right. So it's to some extent, I feel like we're nano people. There's, definitely a dimension above us you want to say dimension or plane or the worker bees right you know and and now we are creating the worker bees in our technology and i think this has gone on forever and ever in a giant crazy loop um you know but i do feel like michelle gibson is 100 percent onto something about the, these evil people cutting into the timeline somehow um and and kind of creating this disruption that we see uh, starting roughly at the time Columbus landed. That's a big date for them. You know, they lean on that super hard. Um, and then when you have that halfway point at 1717, uh, which is that three-year winter, right? And then yeah, over in since, Ireland since, or whatever. Since yeah. The seven, yeah, since the 1700s, it's been nonstop war. So like they hit that tipping point right there in that that middle. So there's there's something to this. And and when you look at like the technology that was probably had in the past, it looked to me, and these are just pictures, mind you, but it looked to me like people were having renditions of spirits and things within this technology that would look like a, like a lamp or something. And it would have somebody's face or at some, sometimes like an entire child, you know, rendered within this kind of like, yeah, it was almost like a hologram. Yeah. 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 And, and I just don't see the point for, for that. Uh, illusion uh, because back then I think that they were more about the truth of things than the illusion of things. I mean, yes, we're in a, a magical illusion world now, but I, I really think that the world was more uh, magical in a, in a real energetic sense back then, you know? Um, and then maybe it had to do something with the, this Tartarian uh, architecture. Maybe it still does. Maybe that's why you have things like uh, Sasquatch, in these out there areas, right. Where nobody goes and it's covered with trees. Um, it's most, well, and, and just, they could be sensitive to frequencies. And as, I, I as, think that they are, are creatures of frequency. Like you hear about them face shifting out, yep. like just disappearing in front of people and stuff. But then there are enough reports of people being able to see their faces. You know what I mean? And smell them and all of this very material, tangible things. So I wonder often if, you know, like you see the Arc de Triumph. And I was talking to Nico a little bit about this. Uh, shout out to Nico from Upstate Unconventional. What up, Nico? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about this too. Like the, these Arc de Triumph, you see these like certain uh, indentions of doorways. Sometimes they'll be like seven or eight layers deep, you know, carved into this rock. So they'll be, you know, getting smaller and smaller but it's an entire doorway carved within a doorway carved within a doorway you know and it'll be on both sides of these arc de triumph and you know they you see it a, a lot in thing. the old church entrances too that's too yeah so it's a very cymatic very uh uh it's a very fractal extremely fractal kind of a, a dimension to all of these buildings and um so i often wonder if these these energies that were once a massive part of the world, um, you know, the ether powering all of this stuff. A lot of things were made of gold. A lot of things were made of gold back in the past, gold and precious metals. 
Um, there's even, you know, these X radium heaters and, and warming elements. So these things were using precious metals and radioactive things. Um, what we're told about radioactivity is obviously not all true. Um, you know, especially that they're hiding this X radium heater thing, but they can feed us fucking carcinogens and that's okay. You know what I mean? But we can't have free heat in our homes with the little piece of stone and, and some gold, right? <laughs> yeah. Permanent, permanent heat in your home. You can't have that. Um, but uh, so you, you've got like all of these just suggestions to greatness embedded in like the mythology of our past. And then you have like kind of more what people would want black and white proof photography, uh, you know, correspondence suggesting steampunk type technology and automatons. There's a well, lot of that. Yeah, that that kind of leads me to where I wanted to 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 go with you was to the early 1800s and kind of go through some of that stuff. And I know today you had posted about um, the eruption. Um, in, yeah, it's in, weird. I've never heard anything about that, you know, until today. Um, this is the main reason I keep that that one weather that came with the phone. I keep that on there because it throws these really strange headlines up. And I always wonder what the end game is with, with any headline, you know, um, what's the psyop here? What's, you know, what are they trying to cover up? And there's, there's like so much information coming out right now about the 1800s that people are legitimately digging for and finding, you know, valid uh, meaning and, and, you know, definitions and reason behind the things they're seeing. And so it just threw me for a loop that all of a sudden now, and you never heard about this. I never heard about it. No, I never heard. I mean, even the, the, the the war of 1800, right. I, I never, it was never presented as the the war of 1812 was supposedly nothing like I, yeah. And they had the French Indian war, which was like, meh. Yeah. Also nothing. Mexican American war. Nobody talks about. So this was just one massive war, but then, you know, they never mentioned New Madrid that was never brought up the New Madrid earthquake was never mentioned in school yeah I'd never up. heard it I never it, heard it until this Tartaria yeah thing started and Mount, the Mount Tambora eruption also we never learned about that and so then you take so yeah we're, we're being we're being thrown the opposite argument is what what's going on you know there's and this is a crazy thing about this this free will realm that we're in uh whatever direction you choose to focus your attention and your intent you will find the answers you're looking for randy <laughs> you are absolutely right because here's the thing just like you you know we were talking about earlier i i started on this whole 1800 kick out of nowhere you know basically because of howdy mccoskey's book ex- exposing the ex- or exploring the expositions yeah. Um, you know, were they were they an ancient Roman city kind of thing? And I, I got into that. And then and now I'm at the point where, you know, all I want to do all day is research the 1800s and 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 dig out stuff. I mean, I'm I'm trying to find a new book almost every day on uh, on the archives to just see some of the old pictures to see what they were yeah, writing it's about. Super fascinating. Because it's what you yeah, when you get into the especially when you get into the writing. There's so many clues in there about what they came across and how they've perverted the narrative to what we've gotten to today. And things were a lot different back then. And, you know, the, the between the wars and everything, it's just it's, it's the world fairs. Right. That's all part of this this scheme. And uh, and you, you start seeing this pattern. What happened? I mean, you look at the 1800s, you got. 
the constant war that we talked about. You have a comet uh, that supposedly went around for almost two years. Then you right had at the same time as these eruptions. You have the earthquake. You have the volcano eruption. You have the year without a summer. You have then we get into all these fires. Every major yeah. city, it seems, in the United States and most worldwide have a huge fire. Yeah, and, and most of the smaller cities, too. So, you know, in Texas, you might have Houston and Dallas and Fort Worth. Uh, this, these things happened everywhere, everywhere, which is, you know, I think that they tried to fire back up whatever uh, system. You know what I mean? They dug a bunch of stuff out and and possibly tried to fire something up and or they've strategically directed whatever current towards these places and just lit these places up. You call it direct energy weapon. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it was from the sky. All right. A lot of people think they had fucking balloons with lasers and shit. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I think that they shorted this shit out, you know, on, on the earth level, because this, these buildings were all infused uh, in what people consider solid stone. They're finding steel embedded. This was not solid stone. They had it such a unique and like otherworldly way to manufacture stonework that we don't understand now because we're not allowed or permitted to understand frequency and what that does to molecules and uh, certain vibrations and frequencies. You can liquefy things. You can make it hard, solid again. You can do all sorts of different things, create shapes like these rose shapes you see embedded in like the mortar. Yep. You know, um, so this stuff wasn't manufactured. A lot of it, a lot of it wasn't manufactured the way that we uh, do manufacturing now. Now, there, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that there were massive ceramics plants all around the world kind of prior to a couple hundred years ago, especially in Russia. Um, tons of brick and ceramics plants. But then that, that ties right back into the problem of uh, where did all the brickwork come from? Like, where did all these brick buildings come from? All around the world, supposedly in the same period of time. And when you look at the number of bricks able to be manufactured by humanity in any one year, it just none of it adds up. Well, between um, and, and yeah, it just doesn't add up. Especially I mean, in the 1800 to 1900 time. Yeah. Frame, 100 you years. look at the you look at the world's fairs and the materials needed in the short amount of time that they they tell us in the narrative doesn't make any sense and then like you were talking about before you go to the star forts well in, yeah. in america there was a star fort boom between 18, 1850 and 1860 i think it was something like 93 star forts they built yeah and each of those is like 16 million bricks no minimum. that's that's the like, one that's the, that, the Fort Jefferson. That's like that. That's kind of the one uses an example. Well, a lot of these I, I think are just buried. You know what I mean? They're buried. And well, that they, one's they out in the middle the of the ocean of them. That that's, that's probably the only reason that you can, you can see that it's like standalone. But if you look at some of these pictures of star forts from quote unquote space, um, a lot of them anymore are just a star imprint on the ground, like in some yeah. grass. You know, so I think that somehow the energy is still kind of flowing through them because the grass will be greener uh, in the middle, uh, in the middle of the star fort area than it will be on the outside. So it stands out like a sore thumb, uh, which is crazy. I saw a video on the Ohio mounds and I guess supposedly get this. There's a meteor strike adjacent to the snake mound, the serpent mound in Ohio. And that meteor strike, when they pan out, resembles, I shit you not, a star fort impression in the ground. 
And I said, oh, yeah, meteor strike, a star fell to earth, right? Oh, it just, <laughs> you know it just, I mean? it, and it just made that perfect impression, right? Yeah. 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 Ra- yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, and that's I mean, the it's... part that you have to laugh at because they still try and cover it up and act like, you know, we're retarded in, in that we can't see with our own two eyes that, A, that's not a crater impact. And B, at one time, that is a those are hard nineties. You know, those are perfect yeah. angles. Those that's 100%, not possible. A hundred percent. Exactly. So, I mean, so that's why I, I go down the little holes and will watch a YouTube video. That's not necessarily my, uh, you know, point of view um, or we'll watch Gaia network or discovery to see what's being said, because, you know, luckily I understand that there's, a push for for an influence with all of these things all this media it's all magic it's all wizardry right so if you can learn to step back and look at it and see it for what it is you can actually kind of inform yourself as to what's really going on not that anybody else around you will believe you <laughs> but yeah but, but you the, can at least the other thing is though is that I really feel like with like what we're seeing with like your article today and you start seeing some of these hit pieces uh, like Bloomberg and there's some YouTube videos out there that just trash the whole concept of Tartaria. And, and when you start seeing that, you know that there's something to it. And, and yeah. I think with all of this attention and all this energy focused on it, it's going to start coming out more in the mainstream. You're going to start seeing it more, you know um yeah they have to put out a conflicting point of view to yes. facilitate you know to to uh take care of these masses of sheeple you know um i was i think it was uh i think it was nico i was talking to about this too and it may have been all of you guys at one point but um they basically they have to have a program and programming for these sheeple that are so invested in the system that they would lose themselves without it like if you shut down uh, even just media tomorrow, people would lose their fucking minds. Forty percent of people would not would would get depressed, kill themselves. You know what I mean? Without TV, without a phone, without all these things that they've built. So they've built this this pretty awesome outward system of control that each person wants to physically have in the palm of their hand at all times. Like it's genius. It's absolutely just you know amazing. And not to mention they can track you at any point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I finally got over the little bit of the the fear mojo that goes along with putting your voice out there and doing these different things. Because at first I'm like, the you know, er, and every conspiracy theorist to, to some extent is is going to have a paranoid side, right? It's going to be like, well, you know, <laughs> they, they might be listening to my recordings, or and I'm like, you know what? Listen, if they're going to do what they're going to do, they've already done it and are already doing it, and it's it's. I mean, these hey. are the same people that are into scrying. You know, and these and are the same people that killed the, the president side. and got away with it, Randy. If yeah, they want to find yeah, exactly. a schmuck like you or me, they're gonna <laughs> find us, you know. I mean, come yeah, on. no, they are they've got it locked down, man. And but you gotta have some fun with it though, right? Yeah. Like, so we're all taught to deny ourselves a good time, like an, an an outward, like um, I'm going to speak with some people to further myself intellectually and spiritually good time. Like we're told to not expect that from each other. We're taught to to uh, cut ties or to invest our emotions in leaving comments on people's shit that like run their day down. So like all of these are like habits that are kind of like instilled in us by this media machine. And you know, so it's you know, it's funny along those lines 
is I think back to like my parents' generation and the concept of free love and how controversial it was, right? I mean, something as simple, why would any love be bad, right? But yeah. free love, <laughs> yeah, yeah. free love was like this system uprooting, you know, movement that was going on that had to be quenched. It had to, or had to be killed right away. It had to be yeah. stopped. Like what? Well, yeah, We're talking like about these... love guys. I mean, free love yeah, is they, a bad they, thing. Boy, they, they stomped that out so bad. We're still, still feeling it. The new age movement is laughed at now. And a vast majority of it, it's hearts in the right place for the most part. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of unnecessary slander that, that is directed towards people that have abilities or, you know, sensitivities to these other things that are, are now outwardly associated with free love yep. and it being hippy dippy, you know, woo woo. woo well, and we're not like taught new... about it, right? You're not taught about what potential you have in there. You know, all we see is Charlie Manson happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Charles Manson happened in the sixties because of free love. That's what we're taught. This, uh, this murder happened because of free love, <laughs> you <Yep>. know, <laughs> and, and also Kurt Cobain killed himself. Yeah. You know, we're taught all these stupid fucking things. And, uh, like, uh, and that's what the stuff like this, uh, it, it just instills more passion in me. Like, like seeing all these things like Kurt Cobain dying, a uh, dude from Soundgarden dying. Now, you know, I didn't start paying it my, a lot of mind until looking into Tartaria, Hidden History, JFK, all this stuff like kind of combines into this weird thing. And you start to see why some of these people died when you listen to their lyrics and say their lyrics give you hope like Bob Marley's did for a lot of people. Um, no, they couldn't have that shit. They shut him down. And what and else he was he wore, doing? He was putting his boot. music out at 432 hertz. Yeah, which which yeah. was against the grain because everything was supposed to be at 440. Yep, gotta love the Tavistock Institute and all their other friends. Yeah, um, yeah, it's and that's why, like, when you watch a movie, you you hear the theatrical music, and it it sparks emotions in you. You know, um, these these frequencies are are this is magic. This is literal mind control magic. Um, and yeah, Disney probably wasn't the first person to implement a lot of this stuff in his cartoons and things. It was probably happening, you know, back in a previous age. I would imagine there was some form of, you know, entertainment. I just don't know that it was as tuned to our psyches as it is now. Like if you look at the the um, the patent for the television, is patented as a mind control device, flat out. Like it's out there. <laughs> they don't sugarcoat it at all. The patent number pulls up the description of a television. It's why everything flashes at 60 Hertz, you know, um, maybe 120, which is just double 60. So you're still getting the same resonant kind of thing. That's why it draws kids in and they don't want to pull themselves out of it. Puts you in a trance. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's mesmerizing by the like definition of the term. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's, well, it's, um, it's funny you say that because with my son, I notice if he if he's on the television or he plays video games for too long and he comes off, he has this look, this glazed look in his eye like, like he's under zombified. a spell. Yeah, yeah, 100 yeah, percent. It takes a good five, 10 minutes to get if, him out if of you've it. seen they live. If you've seen they live, you know what these subliminal messages are and those. Yep. Those messages start hitting your 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 mind core after you turn that thing off. 
after you walk away from it, then you're cycling through all the fucking shit that was flashing for split seconds. Your, your mind is still has this information. Your eyes are a portal, you know, your eyes are a portal to, to your psyche, whatever you bring in through, through your eyes leaves an imprint on the back of your eye at some point and in your brain, whether you realize uh, or remember a hundred percent what was going on there, it doesn't make a difference because it's imprinted. So but, when you go and decompress at night and go to sleep or you take a nap or you're just spacing out driving, not really watching anything, your mind will cycle back through this, this information and it will become ingrained in you, which is why all of us were indoctrinated so successfully for so long. And like, I didn't really start to come out of it until I put my fucking cell phone down a few years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, uh, I did that for, for the better part of a year, no cell phone, um, you know, no like freaking chasing my sorrows away. None of that other unnecessary shit that we're all programmed to do because the world doesn't seem right to us. It's you just know? little um, dopamine hits. It's all it yeah, is. That's it. And you know, they're very good at denying any gratification at anything besides their systems, whether it's gambling, alcohol, drugs, sex, violence, entertainment. Um, these are the directions they want your intention well, to go. You want to know where they want you to go? What, che go check out the roster on Netflix, right? right? See what they're programming to you out on there. And that's what they're putting out there. And you look at that and you compare that to, you know, kind of the, the television lineup when we were growing up. Ooh, man, this yeah, is it's, some we've evil let it slip shit going on. Right we've now. let it slip a long way. Little kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's well, so everything's and, everything's sexual. Everything's yeah. got some devil, Lucifer, dark magic type shit in it. Or, yeah. you know, sexualizing children. You got well, like in the last three years, you've you've had uh, like a big shift in anime from fantasy realm and like you know robot mecha that form of thing to a major shift in exercising demons witches magic all in the last three or four years um a huge shift massive shift like most of the new shit that comes out now um uh, is is regarding magic uh and some of these characters names are things like crawley <laughs> and you know you can't make this stuff up and when you start to see that it's it just like this is you know these are other reasons and what why is that like what is that doing you know randy that's a spell so right it's, it's association just, when these it. kids yes when these kids see that and now they're they're gonna look at it like oh no crawley's just a character just a character in this anime there's yep. nothing to this dark arts fucking wizard yeah you know what i mean he's just a character in anime so boom dismiss you just yep. instantly dismiss, you know, so these associations have been created in, in our generation and they're negative ones. We all know, you know, in our community who Alistair Crowley is, um, Anton Xander LeVay, all of these people. Right. But now these kids have had it disassociated so they can continue doing their shit in these names of these people behind our backs. Um, and, yeah. And, and, and that's the key right there. That's what they're so good at. They are so good at, and this is what they're doing in the music industry now too. You know, you look at the lyrics to a lot of this music that's out there and what these kids are saying, and it's so... They're chanting these things. Yes. Yeah. And it's rap a, it's is just chanting. Chant. It's a trance. It's, it's, it's a spell. It's they're not... They're replacing the healthy mantras that yes. people have. Like, like, okay, 
Um, my healthy mantra would be like positivity, joy, Christ, consciousness. These would be positive things to go over in your mind, right? Um, and this has a big influence on what you really take from the world and what you give into it are what's going through your head at that moment. Um, you know, we're taught that we can't control our thoughts. We're taught that, you know what I mean? Um, we need to be distracted and be bored and uh, drawn into such and such art or this and that um, or media. But, but really like our thoughts are our own, <laughs> you know, we are the creators of our inner world. Then um, we, a lot of us don't know it. Your creator, your outer world way. too. That directly, but you have to process within to put without, you know what I mean? So just like um, as above, so below as outside. So within, yes. you know, it's, it's the same thing. Um, and it's, it's all fractals, but so like, all right, the war of 1812, all the way back to, Probably civil war was probably a part of it. This was all one big fucking chaotic mess. Okay. Like, and, and it just, because there's what, maybe five years between some of these wars, if that, and you got to think in the grand scheme of things, five years is not enough time for a society to calm down and then jump into a different war. You know, it's kind of a, a cascading domino effect of all these different things. And it's, Going from area to area, like they had well, the come over, conquer middle of America, conquer all that shit, wipe it out. Then they fucking turn around and leave and let the French come in and do the same thing for a different area. So these are all bedfellows. You know, all the, we're taught to think that Spain was at war with France, was at war with the US, was at war with Britain. No, these, these were all the same thing. They still all shook each other's hands at night, and fucking had drinks together after the battle in these five year in between periods, you know what I mean? Set congratulate each other on a good destruction <laughs> of whatever it is they were trying to destroy or implement. Well, so. yeah. And, and, and the war of 1812, the more I look into it, it was almost set up to establish the civil war because the more you look at it and it's in the war of 1812 here in the United States, uh, the n- northern states, for the most part, didn't want to go to war. They were they were fine. They didn't want to interrupt the trade. They didn't want to. Do- the South, on the other hand, wanted that war because they wanted that extra territory out west. Yeah, they they wanted to take, and they also wanted to take all these plantations and shit from the original Moorish owners. Yes, you know, and and if and so well, they that's that. a whole other that's a that. whole other rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, and the Civil War was not about slavery. No, um, no, no, it no. Was, it was, and that's why they say brother versus brother. It was about who who bought into the system of greed and banking and went to that side and started doing the black bowler hat people thing. Yep. You know, and you see a lot of this, uh, you know, this hidden hand, black bowler hats, the guy in the black hat, you know, um, this is where the term, you know, a black hat comes in because they were always – they were the driving factor of disruption and evil basically in the world where these black hat bowler hat fucking, you know, the demonic, if you will, people, lizard people, right? Like it's the same. Jesuits. Yeah. Yeah. They've got so many different like names and nomenclatures um, and they're literally spread into everything. They are a part of every argument for both sides. Um, they just very, very gingerly push one side or the other. You know, well, to kind of get what they want. Not so gingerly anymore. It's all going to fucking hell in a handbasket. Oh, yeah. We're, we're heading <laughs> back that route real quickly. But it's going fast, man. So fast. <laughs> one of the things I found that was hilarious, you know, if you compare today, 
you know, what, what did we have? What was it last about a week ago? We had the anniversary of, of the insurrection, you know, the, the darkest oh, yeah. day. Yeah. In it's worse, worse than nine 11 or, you know, Pearl it, Harbor. We, I laugh. On. I the laugh at all that, that died was, was one person that probably didn't deserve to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, I laugh like, at it because you go back to this, you go back to war 1812. What happened in 1814? They burnt down the white house and the Capitol and everything. And, 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 but yet January 6th was worse than this. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's so it just, makes you wonder, is this just, just how yeah, ridiculous they just slapped a label on a period of time. And I think this was just an ongoing, massive ongoing op. You know what I mean? All of these little wars that we're told about are taught French, Indian, Mexican, American, you know, 1812 war, world war one. These were all just different phases in this grand master plan and the more I mean? the, the more i look at them randy they were they they served two purposes well three one was to uh, at least here in america was to destroy the natives right eliminate the native population eliminate the native infrastructure um two was uh, again go in and destroy infrastructure right yeah whether it was native or not you look at like uh in the civil war sherman's march was really unnecessary to the extent that he went through and and you look at a lot of these wars where they just went in and raised entire cities and obviously yeah. the benefit of beneficiary of all of it is the bankers yeah yeah and and then they can go and and seed out or or dig up and fix all of their little towns with all of this building material like you ever wonder why concrete is such a big business? Why aggregates are such a thing like stone um, crushing. It, it's crazy. I, I mean, you can't drive through the United States without finding a aggregate plant in every fucking city. I live in a very small town. I mean, we have, we have like seven towns that come to the, the local elementary school here. And there's still like, I bet, 20, you have a, I bet you have a concrete factory. Though, uh, that's what I was going to say. Right C-Max. up the road, yeah. right up the road. Yeah. There's a huge factory. Yeah. So, so I mean, at least all a right. processing center. Right. Right. But I, I honestly think that a lot of this, like when you see a lot of gravel, a lot of it's this white, white quartz, you know, a lot of this gravel is white quartz that we know has conductive, you know, electrical properties and this sort of thing. Um, and it would have been the same type of stone that a lot of these structures would have been built out of. Um, this white quartz kind of marble that that would have built this infrastructure uh, all around the world these these uh what are you talking about they were built out of wood and staff yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i know that's right yeah they were built uh in such a massive uh you know a lot of it though i think were repairs they had a lot of repairs oh yes buildings and so, yes, they did use plaster to fill some shit in and fix some things. But but, but also, go- Randy, Randy, think about this, though. Back then, that was how you built. You built using plaster and it wasn't a temporary thing. Plaster lasted back then. They used it to, to you know, fill on, on log cabins. They used it to to uh, cover up brick in certain areas where you did have. Uh, destruction yeah. they used it to cover up wood so to say that these you know stucco or uh staff 
and wood buildings were were temporary and that they were going to fall down after a year is bullshit because there's there's instances of some of these buildings that were supposed to be temporary that were that were around for decades afterwards yeah it's 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 absolutely wild um i mean looking at just the iowa iowa state house uh i mean this thing is absolutely massive absolutely just the detail you know in all of the all of the stonework everything you can tell that there has been you know a layer of something applied to the outside to keep it like one consistent color and they they go through and do this every couple to few years um because otherwise you would notice the difference in the types of stone from the bottom to the top where there's pictures they say when they were building it but it looks to me like they're just kind of going to fix it um you know and that's it doesn't what i look see half built. you it see it over and over built. again it looks right destroyed it looks like you know maybe and i think that after this the first flood there was an ice age i think that that part's true and i think a lot of the stuff was frozen underground for a period of time or frozen you know what i mean and then thawed out um and then perhaps you know the the dirt that was on top of the ice could have possibly came down and buried everything um so that's that's part of you know maybe a lot of this ice age thing was was a legit thing which is why there was nobody really coming over here uh you know per se there was still the mad max style you know indians maybe a few cannibalistic giants and stuff but um i've heard rumors there was a train that went from basically the siberia region all the way down to like cancun i think that that's probably 100 percent true and that's why we see a lot of a lot of vi- a lot of people vibing with the Snowpiercer thing, um, this movie and the series, and uh, it was a perpetual motion machine, and all it needed to do was stay moving in order for it to uh, maintain power and and that form of thing. Now, whether whether this machine uh, was really traveling, you know, around the world during this ice age remains yet to be seen, but it would make a lot of sense just based on the way people are spread out around the world after the ice age. You know what I mean? You have this this uh, this influence of certain cultures and certain places kind of spread out haphazardly and randomly all around. You know, you've got um, different different types of uh, Eastern influence in the Americas. You've got Irish and Gaelic influence in the languages of the Americas. So you've got a lot of weird things happening there. Um, now, whether, you know, there was a situation like the, the box saga talks about where certain groups were underground on their own, you know? Um, but there was clearly something going on during this ice age that we're, what do you think about about that, Randy? How do you think there was massive civilizations underground? Yes, I, I absolutely do. Um, when you look at a lot of like a lot of where our technology is, um, a lot of just how concise and, and to, a point a lot of concepts and the way everything has been so expertly fractured um and just the fracturing of society has taken what we know of as the last few hundred years or more you know since the crusades and whatnot so maybe 500 years has just been spent on the disassembling of something that was here before you know so so there's untold amounts of time that, that humanity's been on this planet on or in maybe cycles of both you know, um, there's there's like I said, there's these Adrius events, um, the younger, the older, the old, the youngest. So there's like at least three that we're told about. That's mainstream. And um, supposedly like the pyramids and stuff were from before 
these events like 14,000 years ago, something like that. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that, like the the um, configuration of the pyramids, how they're lined up, um, even things like the configuration of, of Manhattan Henge of New York, right, is is directly aligned to certain solstice and equinox and things like that. So this suggests that these places were there at an earlier age. I'm not sure what the New York one is, but um, like, you know, I think the the Sphinx and a lot of that layout in Egypt is scaled back to like, I think, 14,500 years ago, something like that, um, where it all would line up with the rising sun on the equinox or, or what have you, you know, because it's the giant sky clock and you can effectively wind it back and see where things were and what was going on. And um, I think a lot more of our archaeology should be based on that concept as opposed to this carbon dating thing. Um, because if you had an electrolysis or an electrical energy event, that would just ruin everything for carbon dating. You would change the molecules of everything if you apply enough energy um and there have been experiments to to show what it would look like um whether it's electrical scarring which looks similar to like the grand canyon uh these other canyons around um there's also like you would have a massive just upheaval of dirt into the air you know and when you combine that with electrical charges you get things like dust storms um, you know, massive dust storms, friction storms that would just kind of perpetuate themselves for God knows how long. And then that would, would kind of cool the earth down. So you'd have this ice age. So there's a lot of things that could spark all these things into happening. And that's kind of why Tartaria was a little scary at first, right? It's like, well, what the fuck did they do? <laughs> what did they do to the world? What happened? You know, and especially when you look at the, the old world tree concept, right? which is super interesting, like the devil's tower yep. um, and these different flat top mesas and these basalt structures um, that are hexagonal in shape suggests, um, you know, a cellular kind of structure like we see in trees now, but just way larger. Um, and, and I think that at some point in the past, that was the case. There was a lot of way larger things going on. Um, now, I don't know if we're stuck in a dome or not, uh, <laughs> you know but there's a lot of things to su suggest that there's a ma very material kind of barrier uh, at some point whether are you one of those anti-globers i'm i'm of the school of thought that 100 percent it's all based on perception and here's why um if you're on an airplane uh you know or or a ship and you're up high and you're and you're looking you have your perception from your point of view Right. And unless you're observing these things, these particles, the air, the earth, the sun, unless you're observing these things, technically they don't exist by like quantum theory. So this stuff exists in a random uh, state of possibility everywhere until you observe it. Um, yes, we are sharing this reality and there's a collective understanding of the way things are. But from any one of our point of views at any one time, the earth is going to be flat. Period. Yep. You know, yeah. um, and that's why I can't I can't do the argument. Well, I it's going to appear it's going to appear flat. Well, now yeah. what the energetic structure of it really is, um, I don't think we can readily observe that from our situation being like in the third dimension, having a mind that's of material nature. You know what I mean? Not 100 percent ethereal and without time, uh, because if you were to possibly like break time out of it and look at what perspective might be it might look more like an apple you yeah. know so you might have this agartha type thing going on for real 
And, um, but based on our perspective, only being able to see in, you know, 2d, basically we, we infer the other level of our, 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 you know, discernment of what's depth and height. Um, and so, so, you know, a lot of that, that magic of what our eyes do takes place in our brain. Well, yeah. And we're um, relegated to what's presented to us. Right. I mean, right. That- and we only have two eyes. We yep. only have two eyes. We can only see in stereo. We can't see in full surround sound. Right. If you could see in full surround sound, this is probably the best way to think about it. If you could see in full surround sound, then you would be able to get a better, broader, more kind of inclusive view of the whole situation. And it may very well look like a sphere uh, yep. or a bubble or a toroidal field or an apple. Right. Um, so so it, it very well be all of these things an yep. egg, the cosmic egg. And well, then this kind of ties back to that Russian nesting doll thing. Like there's no reason to think that we're the only dimension or like plane of existence. That's just silly. <laughs> well, and that's why I'm like, I don't want to waste time. Or I, I say waste time, but I, I don't have the energy to argue over what we're on. Right. Because <laughs> I can't prove it. You can't prove it. Yeah. We can't prove it. The guy with 30 million views on YouTube cannot prove it. It's all theoretical. And and at the end of time, there's a lot more bigger mountains to climb than worrying about flat earth or not flat earth. Yeah, I think if more people considered that that dual slit experiment where yep. where it, um light is is a possibility wavelength, it's not a particle until it's observed. That tells you everything you need to know about what is going on and why, um, you know, there are certain energetic effects that happen in this world that suggest it's a globe, like, you know, the magnetical North and South pole, how you have the energy kind of going around and in, um, you know, so that suggests a circular uh, and circular is just a term that we have for that goes around. Now, things don't just exist in two dimensions, which is why people are like, oh, the Earth's a globe. It's three dimensions, length, width, height, depth. You know what I mean? So in that aspect, like, all right, if the Earth is a globe, then you pretty much have to have an inner Earth in order for this energetic thing to work. You know what I mean? Where you have the magnetic north and magnetic south cycling like a toroidal field then that kind of tells you basically that there's got to be an inner or an other side to this onion. You know what I mean? Um, But I just don't think that we're equipped to perceive that. Yes, we can maybe through mathematics and theory, but I don't think we can physically perceive that as humans, which is why some people have to step into like the Akashic or the, um, you know, uh, transcendent realm and meditate to, kind of gain perspective on a lot of these things. And that's why, um, you know, the, the term bubbles or like a cosmic egg comes in uh, because you're essentially kind of viewing it from your God's eye up here, yeah. you know, or beyond like in a different without time, basically the time thing is what throws it all off. If you're perceiving something in time, that moment, that's how it is that moment. But it, that's all it means. You know, we really literally only have this moment and our perception of it. So that's why it's so cool to like share perceptions and really like just let yourself go for a run, you know, mentally when you discuss some of this stuff. And yeah, the flat earth thing kind of snips it off, you know, kind of cuts it off before you can even start getting into the really good stuff, you know, like 
<laughs> like perhaps it's all just perception, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Well, and, and the people get so emotional about it. That's why I can't get involved in it because you can't really even have a conversation about it without there being emotion. And it's like, guys, I don't, you know, I'm not invested in this. So, and <laughs> yeah. what makes me laugh is the people that are so anchored to the globe, but yet, which is presented by the same people who present history presented by the same people who have lied to you over and over and over again, but you're going to eat it hook, line and sinker. That's, that's the part where I cannot connect the two. The fact that there's so many people that are so adamant in, in a stance of something that they have never seen for themselves. Right. Or even the other way, they're a hundred percent flat earther, but they go out and get jabbed up. Yeah, you a globe tar. Wait, 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 what? The, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What? Yeah, you know what I mean. You're so anti-establishment, punk rock, flat earther, but you're like triple freaking boosted and all yep. this jazz. Like, oh, come on a minute. Like, we're and, we're and in the upside the down world, Randy. Yes, the we only are. So maybe we are. Maybe we are in the Middle Earth, right? Maybe we are on the inside. No, dude. no, no, no. We no. just don't middle, know that we're upside down. <laughs> middle Earth is better than this, man. We, we maybe that maybe it's really the outside that's better. You know, I, there's some evidence to suggest that we're in a in a like a dip, you know, hey, or like a crater earth is another theory. Yes. Yeah. In, in all honesty, I think I, I really felt and, and looking back on it 10 years later, I feel like there was some something happened when they fired, fired up that Hadron Collider back in 2012. Yeah, you know? it got real weird real fast after that. Yeah, I mean, and, you look um, at the past decade since then, and and things have been just on a free fall, and you know, from things even out, you know, stupid things like the Mandela effect. You start looking at people remembering things differently than they did prior to that, and it's it's just a fascinating thing to think about because. I mean, energetically, I, I really feel like there was a major shift around there and it got dark really, really fast. Yeah. And, and you know, just prior to that, um, probably a few years before that, you had the switch from analog to digital. Yeah. Like on all all communication. Yeah. And, and I was talking to uh, the guys at um, Rising from the Ashes about this uh, a couple months ago. Like once that transition happened from analog to digital, it seemed like real quickly, Right after that, all hell broke loose. The housing market crashed, blah, blah, blah. Everything just went and took this like really kind of dark, like 1984 big brothery fucking turn. And, um, you know, the weird thing is, it's like iPhones and iPods and Apple started to hit big right before they fired, uh, you know, right before um, they went to digital, which is a lot of the reason they went to digital was the bandwidth. You know, they needed to be able to send these packets of information for these, this new technology, these Apple phones and all this iTech and all this shit, right? So they needed to be able to increase the deliverability or feasibility of information to go through through the air in, in these little digital packets. So it was a completely different way of sending and, and receiving information. And it always had to be decoded and encoded at both ends. So, you know, to an analog observer, you're just getting to get static, you know, yep. unless you have one of those, one of those special boxes, right? So um, I think maybe there was a, some form of an analog connection. Maybe we all have with the earth and with everything and each other, you know, we have a very analog connection, if you will. Uh, and uh, 
So something, yeah, something happened and, and all of a sudden people became disconnected, stopped associating with each other the same, all went into this, you know, digital connection because that's what we were being shown as the way of the future. And everybody took it hook, line and sinker and um, just slowly but surely with these endless sources of information in our hands, we stopped giving a shit enough to fucking think, you know? And, well, and yeah, because you didn't have to. You were taught not to anymore. That's the problem. Yeah. Like we get, we they even is, let kid, like we they didn't let us use calculators when I was in school in math class. Now no, they said you would never phone. have a calculator to do when you need to do this. Like what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hundred percent, absolutely. Now you go, hey now Siri, what's this? You know, I mean, it, yeah, the world has totally changed. Yes. A hundred percent. So, so we are, are being funneled into this, this 2d or lower vibration form of a system that perhaps once existed in kind of a higher form on this planet, you know? Um, but when you take into account the whole size relation thing, like giants and, and then some Titans, even, you know, a lot of talk about Titans and they were some of the ones that created the world, right. They were right below the gods. So they were like the watchers, the helpers help yep. to, help to get us on our feet so to speak or establish um so like if you kind of go back and look at fractals and the way things scale up and then start over and scale up and start over and you look at these cities laid out like circuit boards you know um especially nowadays the cities are very uh very oh, they look like a motherboard looking. right right yeah. but they look like the motherboards we have and i think this older analog style system was more based on the circle and and you know divine mathematics was geometric a bigger part patterns of it. sacred geometry right. so things like, like that e- yeah it was like one step closer to uh ethereal or heavenly type of, of frequency and and what we're kind of in now with this digital um compressed information packets you know what i mean flying through the air we're kind of at a different uh frequency and the weird thing about this is is they would say that the frequency of our electronics is actually higher, uh, you know, in a sense than the frequency of like the old electric cities um, would have been at like an actual lower, lower wavelength. So it's just flipped like everything, all the other information given to us. Um, but there's like um, extra low frequency waves can put voices into anybody's skull, you know, and they use this for submarine communication um, but it is still, from what I understand, it's an analog type of communication. It's not, I'm sure they have digital ELF now, but, but back before this is, this is something that people used to have problems with on these submarines. Um, they would get like ringing in their ears, buzzing in their skulls and stuff whenever they'd use these, because they would use them from like deep underwater. They have an extra low frequency and send it to the other submarine or up to a sono buoy or you know, whatever uh, Tom Clancy's type type stuff you subscribe to. Um, so I often wonder about like the way we understand frequency um, and is it opposite to what we understand as vibration? You know, like if you have bad vibes, are you feeling a low frequency or is it something completely different? Like we've got radio wave and frequency, but that's its own octave. You know what I mean? Our, our communication uh, situation is, is all this one, type of wave but then we've also got like consciousness wave 
you know, that's resonating at a, at a more analog frequency. So maybe when they flip this switch back in, and I think it was like 2000, it was like 2007, if I'm not mistaken, or 2008, right around there, right? Right around the time. Right before the crash, crash. I think. Yeah, Yeah, right right before everything went bad. I remember having to go get that box for my TV. And I was like, well, this is bullshit. The TV's fine without this. And then right after that, everything went flat screen. Everything changed. Everything changed. Everything went black mirror mode like crazy. So like that transition, something happened there. And then, yeah, 10 years or less later than that. Um, and that's if we believe what they're telling us, they probably had, they had an old Hadron Collider back there before CERN. So they were running that fucking thing. <laughs> before oh, without that. a doubt. Yeah. You got to be kidding me if you think they haven't had this before. So do you think the, the, the CERN is the one ring to rule them all? <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know if there is one, but man, I think it's just one cog in the wheel to really try and push us ahead to this AI technocratic, you know, uh, everything digital world, you know, the metaverse type world where we're all on UBI and everything like that. I, I think yeah. it's all it's. I mean, CERN in itself, I, I think that was straight up to bring in dark energy, to bring in, to open up a portal to let some dark entities in. I think that's what 9-11 was. I think 9-11 was a, like a giant ritual to bring in some dark forces that they they needed to to usher in this new era or or that would be, you know, the leaders of this dark era that they're trying to get us to as we migrate from the you know the uh into aquarius right we go from the age of pisces into the age of aquarius and, yeah which is, is interesting when, you have the pisces the fish and then you have the water bearer aquarius yep um and so so it makes me wonder anyway that that maybe somewhere back in the cycle the last cycle of aquarius what water was was bared was this the time of the flood that we're told is the the age of aquarius always going to be a time of of conflagration is that what we're rolling into is that why they're like pressing so hard to get people into this digital space you know um so that they can kind of keep our consciousnesses uh you know embedded in the machinery until the next go around and then they just like pull your consciousness out of you know cold storage in one of these uh server farms and they pluck it into this you know biological being or or human or humunculus or whatever you know wherever we actually came from because there's debate on that like speaking about the anunnaki um creating us as a race of slaves basically in that form of thing um you know homo sapien uh, the word homunculus and human are all very similar in prefix so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all such wild rabbit holes, Matt. So oh, awesome yeah, to, man. to break and, and all this go, stuff we down. We could go down you, yeah. for days, you know? Yeah. And that's <laughs> the thing. So here's what I want to do. I want to I want to wrap this up and because, like I said, we could go on and on. And we will no definitely doubt. be doing a part <laughs> two to this because I got so much more I want to go over with you and, and, and just so the much- 1800s itself warrants yeah. an entire like two hour episode because, and there's more information coming out every day. Um, yeah. Like we're seeing a lot of these earthquakes in California, floods in California, 
pictures coming out that I've never seen before. And I've been digging for this shit for months, you know, Maps. and, and, and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. There's tons of stuff coming out. So uh, I'll probably dedicate a little bit uh, more time in that particular hundred year period. It all happens right there. There's some, some form of a major shift. Um, you know, it's like where the, where the feet finally hit the ground for their plan was right in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, you know, boots on the ground, bowler hat people see this coming in, you know, phantom in fictions, a lot of references to this towards um, like the orphans of the orphan train, all the Disney stuff. And yeah, you've got some Disney knowledge. So we'll chip into that with the 1800s too, because that all kind of came to a head right in the early 1900s when Disney came around and was like, let's recreate the last hundred years through fantasy or through cartoon in order to show these people what we want them to see. I yes. definitely think there's something to Fantasia and that feeling so dark to me when I was a kid, that movie, um, the way the, the, the mop buckets flood the world, you know, um, because, when you have Sorcerer's you know, the, Apprentice too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the, we are living in the Sorcerer's world right now. Yeah. Um, which is why it's, it's all tied together because, um, you know, they, they've left no stone unturned. They've integrated everything into this picture of what we're supposed to take and run with, like in the Truman Show. You know, we're just accepting what's handed to us. And yep. there's nothing wrong with that. That's how we're hardwired, essentially. But these people know that. So, but yeah, Matt, it's phenomenal. Dude, talking to you, I could just get long-winded about all this crazy stuff. And, and the way it ties together blows my mind. Um, every day I've not been bored a freaking day in no in man like, in like and, a couple you know what's of years crazy? Now it almost. gets wilder with the more people I meet like you and 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 other guys in this that are doing the same sort of digging is you start throwing information back and forth and the next thing you know you're on three more rabbit trails you know and yeah and I keep going down these different trails which then eventually lead to a hole that you go into and once you get in that hole man you can go all sorts of directions. I'm looking and, forward to seeing what comes up or what I can dig up on this, this possibility of, of the moon having been destroyed in the past. Cause there's tales of, you know, there being a moon before the moon we know. Um, well, and think about the moon too, Randy, like now. I, I think it's a projection. Of as some a kind kid, now. the moon was never out all day. Now it is out until at least one o'clock every day. It's something weird going on there for sure. And, you know, there's that guy that came on talking about it's plasma, Yeah, um, you know, on that, that old uh, NBC footage from like the early sixties, I think. Yeah. It's like, so, so that 50s, warrants 60s. it plus like just all of the throwbacks to like, you know, this, a trip to the moon film, they shoot the moon. Right. And well, Disney um, go back to Disney. He teamed with Werner von Braun for, yeah. For... To shoot the moon. That's yeah. So and this is this recurring this term thing. called science factual. Whoa. <laughs> you know, and that's so, what the, the whole purpose of it was, was to brainwash us into believing in space and space travel and also trusting science blindly. Right. That yeah, was you got to watch that a trip to the moon, that 1902 film. If you can find it, I recommend it to anybody out there, uh, a trip to the moon. And it it breaks down in, in as clear as day that these wizards are casting a spell in the very beginning. They're all dressed as wizards. 
then they they dress like they're in a in a community meeting talking about going to the moon. Yeah. And they go to the moon and they come back and like I said, they're on a pedestal with science embossed and the freaking the um gold shield on the pedestal, you know, when they're having a parade for them and everything after they come back. But they shoot the moon in the eye, you know. Um, then you have this movie Moonfall coming out. So I just I always kind of wonder what the the driving factor well, and then you go into like movies like the Truman the show right where yeah and they're just Christoph up there watching him from in the moon. the moon watching truman and the man in the moon um yep with andy, the yeah, thing andy that, kaufman yeah well andy kaufman and just the the idea of that being a face in the moon the man oh in the moon. yeah we we are all raised to to look at that and see the man in the moon and and uh you know so that's its own thing so is the uh inverse projection of the moon actually being a projection of what the earth is um but there's only a certain part of it that encompasses our little puddle and the rest is outside or it's extra territory exactly so um, i'm kind of leaning towards the school of thought of the moon is a projection this is why we have the lunar wave theory or or effect um phenomena um and (laughs) more and more people are catching this phenomena happen uh all the time well, but you know, especially with these better cameras now, right? All this technology now, you or I have the ability to do that now. Whereas in the past, it was left to the hands of the the elite or the the wealthy. Yeah, and, and it, through lenses, you can only you could only see so much. Now you can record. You can record in the and beyond the the capacity of the eye detail. You know, like to the most minute pixelation. Yeah, and so you can see this stuff really clearly when it happens. So that's mind blowing in its own. Um, but really, like, I think the driving factor for why we so far into there, there must have been a, some kind of thing in the sky that got brought down is just because where did all the water and mud come from? Unless there are gates, like they say in, in the Bible or in mythology, in, in the firmament, you know, gates up there that can be opened. Uh, I've always thought about maybe what about the waters below came? I, I think the waters above are, you know, space is water it's not a vacuum like if you can get beyond the firmament barrier that's well, some space is of definitely a, water because all their training they do in a pool <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> so so that's how they get us though they're like look we're not really spinning the truth they're in water it's water up there yeah but like but i i think that um like like that's why they talk about dark matter and all this stuff i think it's a different octave of material you know a different layer outside of our little bubble of reality so it's maybe it's an ethereal material mm-hmm. you know that we don't identify as matter um so antimatter or dark matter right um and maybe that's why like a lot of terminology goes towards like dark matter reactions and this is like a clean fuel and all these space you know endeavors and shows like it's always like oh dark matter fucking reactor like Futurama, they have a dark matter reactor, right? Um, so perhaps this is just code word for that ethereal reaction that used to happen here on Earth. Who knows? <laughs> Damn, man. We could go on for days. Yeah, I'm that. telling you, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. This is what I'm, it's totally what I'm in it for, man. I love it. Thank you uh, so much for having me on, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Why don't you uh, plug your stuff? For sure. Um, I'm Random Randy. You can find me at Random Fracts. At, on instagram and uh you can find me on podbean and podcast addict uh red thread podcast and, and spotify uh, yeah and spotify too that's correct i 
should have known to mention them first since that's where most of most of my stuff comes i'm trying to get on apple but it might take some doing so i'll work on that but uh, uh t- talk to ghost too because he just got on yeah that's what he so, was telling yeah me. congratulations i'm just gonna ghost. probably invest yeah no doubt dude that's a task i freaking siphoned off so much of my energy dealing with apple but we'll leave that for another another rant another time but uh yeah thank you so much for having me on matt uh, i've been really wanting to, to just kind of jar with you about uh about all of this this crazy shit and it just always leads to more wormholes so i gotta have you on soon and we gotta do the 1800 thing kind of recap on disney and uh disney and you know the persuasion of disney when it comes to you know what the hell really happened back then there's there's something there there's a lot to disney whether it's the briar patch (laughs) you know i mean you got all this weird stuff the tar patch and the briar patch right you've got uh quicksand happening in all these cartoons and stuff you've got um oh man it goes on and on ducktales where the dude has a genie and all there's a whole thing on ducktales go check out uh andreas zertis on his youtube page he's got a whole playlist on ducktales stuff it it'll blow your mind yeah i i started seeing it this this uh pendant that this genie guy wears around his or this magician wears it looks like the dome of one of these old buildings <laughs> yeah so it's it's kind of mind-blowing man but it's it's uh it's been an absolute pleasure matt thank you so much oh it's great man and and uh we'll have you on uh master debaters here pretty soon Woo! and yeah. and uh <laughs> it's gonna be good man I, I look forward to it and and you're doing great work keep it up uh right on. thank what, you what are you at now four or five episodes i'm uh well not not including like the uh the joint sessions five but okay, you're I'm, almost I'm, there i'm gonna be at eight i'm like at eight with the joint sessions okay, so you get past seven tomorrow, you made tomorrow it. i'll be tomorrow i'll be at nine nice. so yeah I, i'm just doing i'm doing one a week for sure um and I, I've been trying to do like I do like a, a daily or sometimes every other day kind of pep talk to myself on Instagram. I, love I find those. that when I, when I put energy out, man, it, it it just helps me to process. Yep. And um, so you know, I was always my throat chakra seemed to have been closed up for a good long time, and so I just kind of exercise that, keep it going. But um, I just talked to Navier of the Wicked Witch or the Wandering Witch. Sorry wandering witch podcast um and she's an akashic reader and uh all sorts of awesome you know super liminal kind of crazy stuff um got with her on a couple of things to kind of get her point of view on how that all works and stuff so that'll be coming out soon um something to look forward to and yeah we're gonna have uh we'll start getting these guests in and, and get different perspectives and points of view on things um, try to piece some of this madness together so that I can he- keep having these amazing conversation with, you know, like yourself and ghost and everybody and, and have something to bring to the party. You know, I've got to get these. Oh, dude, you got, you got plenty to bring, man. Like I said, <laughs> I, I honestly, I tried to get your email after, uh, after you did the, my family thinks some crazy show, because when you, you did it on the show, you gave it out. It like broke up when you were giving the app so we didn't know whether it was at yahoo at gmail what was it so i was like i was asking around for a while and then i ran it i i ran into i saw you on another show 
I think it was rising from the ashes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got with those guys. I'm like, do you have his email? And I had to get, I wanted to get in touch with you. And they're like, oh, here's his Instagram. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we started DMing, man. And it's, yeah, for I, sure. I really I, like where you're coming from. You got, and, and by the way, you got the best laugh in the game, my friends. <laughs> right on. Probably because I mean it. <laughs> Dude, it's you know? so contagious. I listen to an episode uh, with you and I can be in a shitty mood and I start hearing you laugh and I'm I'm it's gone. It's great. You got one of those awesome. contagious Dude, laughs. I, I love I just I love what I'm doing here, man. And you know, it's it's just wild. It's it's so awesome. Like uh man, I could talk about just how amazing this is, and I have for a couple of my episodes. So <laughs> so I'll just uh I just keep to laughing, man. That's all you can do. And this look at this crazy six sad upside down world. You mean this is not funny to anybody else? Yeah. It's absolutely hysterical what's going on around well, here. Well, you're either gonna laugh at it and, and and think it's a joke, or you're gonna laugh yourself into tears, into hysteria. You know, yeah, you, have, you, you got the choice. Of, you can either you can yeah, see you it as a giant down. game. And we're just or here hang to play yourself it. in the haunted forest. And I'm good on that. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Go sir. Hand and hang yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. We'll leave that to J- the Japanese. I'm good. Yeah, no doubt. You know, that's uh, well, that's a whole nother thing is why they hang themselves. Cause they're just the machine for fantasy. So yep. they don't have any way to tie this into the real world. And hopefully I can help bring that back for some people, tie this fantasy to, to the reality. And so people can take it a little less seriously. You know what I mean? You have yep. to, if you, if you want to, live and 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 burn bright in your existence you, you can't you can't lean too heavily into the fear of porn and all that shit and nobody that's, gets out alive right that's it dude I mean, that's you it you gotta you, you're not getting out of this thing so you might as well why a why fear death and b enjoy it while it lasts you know i mean if we could all yeah. do that we'd be in a much better place but they've they put a spell on us man and we've talked about it so yeah it's time to break break through that and you know if, and that's if but I, that's what we're doing you know i, I, I see that too. as that's God's kind of work. what i've i've taken my mission as i want to be a spell breaker you know i just want to yeah. slowly dismantle their spells and expose their spells and you know if we can if 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 you and i can do it with one person right and then they can do it with one person exactly. think about how that ha- and that's we can't crazy. think about trying to do everybody and and i tried that in the beginning i came in with those high hopes of i'm gonna wake everybody up you know yeah no, no, no. Well, we've we've all got our our certain you know uh frequency of vibration that we're putting it bringing to this equation yeah and some people some people are are better at like breaking down information like your presentations are are amazing personally i can't do that so well but i can kind of step out of myself and kind of attach and yes it's kind of a crazy you know person thing to do to attach meaning to a lot of these things but like if you don't you live in a in a sad world where nothing means anything and yep. like this is the point that all of these magicians and dark arts people are pushing is they want to sap the energy and the meaning out of each of us Yep. you know, and, and, and turn it into theirs and use our creative force for their good and so on. So, yeah, it's awesome to know that, that they're not doing that to as many of us anymore. I see people like yourself and me getting out there and speaking our minds and that's, it's inspiring. And I, I definitely hope to inspire others. We're putting it out um, in the ether, man. That's all we can that's do. Exa- yeah. And on their system. That's the cool thing. Yes. I'm not just talking to God now. I'm I'm putting it out on their network. We're using their and, and platform stirring, against stirring them. it up. 
right? Yes. <laughs> For now, 100%. until they take us all out. So enjoy yeah, it while it lasts. I get an Apple computer and they shut me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all no, right. we told so you. So with that said, hey, go check out Randy's podcast. Uh, you can hit him up at Random Fracks, F-R-A-C-T-S. It'll be in the show notes yeah. on Instagram or the Red Thread podcast. Randy, thank you, my friend. Everyone Absolutely, have a great man. night. Stay, stay tough, stay strong and question everything. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and subverting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others, and they will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know you were afraid. Who wouldn't be? War, terror, disease. There were a myriad of problems which conspired to corrupt your reason and rob you of your common sense. Fear got the best of you, and in your panic you turned to the now High Chancellor Adam Sutler. He promised you order, he promised you peace, and all he demanded in return was your silent, obedient consent.